everybody welcome back to the podcast in this episode we are going to look at genesis chapter 25 we are going to answer what does genesis chapter 25 mean and what does it teach us now this chapter is basically divided into three different parts but we are going to focus on one of those parts we'll go through all three but we'll focus on just one so genesis 25 records the death of both abraham and ishmael so now in Genesis chapter 25, Abraham is also dead and Ishmael, his first son from his Egyptian slave wife, is also dead. As well, it also tells us about the birth of Jacob and Esau, who are the sons of Isaac, and the purchase of the most expensive bowl of lentil soup in history. First, we're going to look at the first part of Genesis chapter 25 where the Bible tells us about this other woman, Keturah, who is termed as the third wife of Abraham. The first one was Sarah, the second is Hagar, and the third is Keturah. Now, the Bible does not tell us, did Abraham marry Keturah before Sarah's death, or did he marry her after? The Bible is not very clear, but she is listed everywhere in the Bible as a concubine. When Sarah died at the age of 127, that we studied in Genesis chapter 23 verse 1, Abraham would have been nearly 140 years old. And then the Bible tells us that Abraham has six sons with Keturah, including Midian, who becomes the father of the Midianites. And though Abraham gave gifts to these sons of the concubines, Genesis is very quick to tell us that he gave all that he had to Isaac, his sole true son. Genesis chapter 25 verse 1 to 6 tells us that Abraham gave all of his riches to Isaac. And then the Bible tells us that Abraham dies at the age of 175. Isaac and Ishmael reunite together to bury Abraham at the cave of Machpelah, where Sarah, their mother, had been buried nearly 40 years ago, Isaac's mother. Next, the second part, where in the chapter we study about the 12 sons of Ishmael by birth order. The names of these princes became the names of the villages and encampments of the tribes that were their descendants. And then the Bible talks to us about Ishmael, who lived to the age of 137 and then died. Finally, Genesis 25 turns the attention to Isaac, who was the only patriarch left. Just like the story of Abraham and Sarah, we see that Isaac and his wife Rebecca, who we studied about in last episode, is barren and they don't have any children. It has been about 20 or so childless years and at some point Isaac prays to the Lord and then the Lord hears his prayer and answers and then Rebecca bears two children. And we're going to look at this process of birth because this is what teaches us a lot. Rebecca's pregnancy is just so difficult that Rebecca approaches the Lord and then to ask the Lord why is she going through so much pain. She receives a prophecy about the two nations in her womb that will be divided. So this tells us that Isaac had the first twins recorded in the Bible. The Bible tells us, according to the prophecy, the older will serve the younger. And then this makes sense when she delivers these twins. The firstborn is very red and has a lot of hair on his body. And they call him Esau. The second is called the heel grabber because when he emerges out of the womb, he, he, he's grabbing his brother's heel in his hand. 
This tells us, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 25, verse 22 to 26. And then when they grow up, this pair grows into very different sorts of men, according to the prophecy that these would be two different nations. Esau was the outdoor going hunter man, and he was loved by his father for bringing home meat and food. Jacob is a quiet stay at home fellow who is loved by his mother. This is more than simple preference though, because we see that Rebecca somehow tried to change God's plan or somehow tried to get into God's plan to get what she thought was right for Jacob. The chapter ends and we're going to focus on the end because this is what the whole episode is about. The chapter ends with this scene between Jacob and Esau. So Esau is out hunting and then he comes back home really tired and he sees Jacob cooking something. So Esau goes over and says, hey brother, I see you're making a bowl of red stew, which would have been a meat stew or a non-veg stew. And then he says, I'm really tired. Give a bowl of your red stew to me. And then what does Jacob do? Jacob says, okay, you give me your birthright. Birthright is all of those rights and all of those things that you get as a firstborn because Esau was the firstborn. It was his birthright. It was his, um, it was his thing. What does Jacob do? He says, Esau, okay, give me your birthright in exchange for the stew. And this is what we're going to focus on. Esau foolishly agrees. He doesn't think about anything. He doesn't think about what Jacob has asked of him. And he just accepts it, says, okay, okay, just for food. It happens with me too sometimes. I give out a lot of stuff just for food. And, I, and I've noticed that this is a big problem for a lot of people, just like it was for Esau. Esau foolishly agrees. And then he swears this oath that, okay, I'll give you my birthright. Now you give me your red stew. Then Jacob gladly accepts the payment and then shares this bowl of soup, right? And then when Esau eats it, he gets to know that it was not even a bowl of red stew, but it was just a lentil soup. But Esau cannot go back on his word because he's already sold his birthright, which is pretty messed up, you know, because Jacob didn't even give him the red stew. He just gave him the really weird lentil soup which would have been really tasty but it was not what was promised to Esau but he had tricked his brother into giving him his birthright now keep this in mind that Jacob will be known as the trickster a lot and Esau has made a foolish decision what do we learn from this episode the one thing that we learn is we need to think before we speak and make sure we make the right wise choices.